Now it's time for your feature reports. Up first, we have the latest edition of our podcast, Prescription for Healthcare, produced by Dr. Rob Stone and Karen Greenstone. Our guest today is T.R. Reed, a chairman of the Colorado Foundation for Universal Healthcare. This podcast episode is part one in a two-part series and was recorded in January. Stay tuned for part two, which will air next Thursday. You can find this program online at wfhb.org or wherever you find your podcasts. From Bloomington, Indiana, welcome to Prescription for Healthcare on WFHB Community Radio. I'm Karen Greenstone, along with Dr. Rob Stone. Hello. Our guest, T.R. Reed, is a man who wears many hats. He was a longtime foreign correspondent for the Washington Post, and is the author of many best-selling books, including The Healing of America, A Global Quest for Better, Cheaper, and Fairer Healthcare, and a frontline documentary, Sick Around the World. He is chairman of the Colorado Foundation for Universal Healthcare, the statewide citizens campaign working for universal health coverage, and is chairman of the board of the Colorado Coalition for the Homeless. Welcome, TR, and thank you for taking time to speak with us today. Hi, Robin, Karen. Very nice to be on your air. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Here's what we've been thinking about, that publicly financed health care is often criticized as socialized medicine or a government takeover of health care. Based on your experiences, what do you think are the biggest misconceptions people in the United States have about universal health care systems in countries you wrote about? How do you respond to these old chestnuts? Well, there's no healthcare system in the world that doesn't have government involvement. All of them do, including the capitalist USA. In fact, more than half of the money spent on healthcare in the United States is spent by government through programs like Medicare, Medicaid, the VA, Indian Health Service, et cetera. But if you look at other countries, there's a range of government involvement, which stems from government doing everything, loose regulatory role. For example, in Britain, under the National Health Service, the the government owns all the hospitals. The doctors, the nurses, the technicians who work in hospitals are all government employees. The family doctors who work in a doctor's office, they call it a surgery on Main Street, they're private, but they only bill the government. The NHS pays all the bills and then the money comes from a general taxation. So this is a system in Britain where government provides the care and government pays for the care. Yeah, I call that socialized medicine. And guess what? It works pretty well. Britain has about this, a slightly larger, longer life expectancy than we have. They have roughly the same recovery rates from disease and injury that we have. And they spend 44% as much per capita on healthcare, so they're getting a better deal. And because that system, which I think is socialized medicine, it works, it's used in a lot of countries. Spain, Italy, Scandinavia, Cuba, New Zealand all have that. And then, but I, I don't want to get across the notion that the only way to provide healthcare for everybody is some big government nanny state, because if you look at, for example, Germany, that's quite different. In Germany, the doctors, the hospitals, the labs, the drug companies are private. The insurance companies are private. They're nonprofit, unlike American insurance companies. They can't make a profit, but they're private insurers. And the deal in Germany is 
everybody is required to buy insurance from one of the private insurers, and then the private insurer pays the private doctor. So that's a largely private system. Germany has no Medicare for old people. People are on private insurance. They don't have Medicaid for poor people like we do. Poor people are on private insurance, but the government subsidizes their premiums. So that's a pretty capitalist system, except the government has a large role. The government largely dictates prices. The government largely dictates insurance premiums. It's a private system with significant regulation. And then sort of as a marriage between those two, there are countries where the payment scheme, the insurance system is government, but the providers, the docs, hospitals, labs, et cetera, are private. Canada is a good example of that. South Korea uh, is a good example of that. Australia uses that system. And those systems work too. They're used in many countries because they cover everybody. They generally have much lower costs in the United States and better health outcomes. So those countries have differing levels of government involvement. But the one thing about all the countries is they treat everybody the same. Everybody is in the same system, whether it's the National Health Service in Britain or the private insurance system in Germany. Everybody's in the same system with the same forms, the same rules, the same fees for just about everything throughout the whole country. The United States is kind of a mess, an administrative mess, because we've got them all. I mean, for example, in the United States, if you're like I get uh, uh, my health care largely from the Veterans Administration, if you're a veteran, active duty military or Indian Health Service, well, you live in England for health for healthcare purposes. You know, the doctors and hospitals are government owned. Government pays the bills. That's the British system right here in America. If you're a senior on Medicare, then you live in Canada for healthcare purposes. The you go to private doctors that are paid by a government insurance system called Medicare. That's what they call it in Canada too, by the way. And if you're on private insurance with your employer helping pay the premium, well, that's the German model right here in America. About 160 million Americans are on that system, although there's some differences. American insurers have so much political clout that they've been able to resist a lot of the regulation that Germany and other countries have. For example, German insurance companies have to cover everybody. They can't have any pre-existing condition limit, and they have to cover every doctor, every hospital, every chiropractor, whereas American insurance companies have these narrow networks where they choose the doctor you can go to. So there are varying levels of government involvement but as I say, there's no country in the world, including the United States, that's a completely private healthcare system. Countries have tried that, and guess what? It doesn't work. So when we look at the countries that you write about, Canada, France, Germany, Japan, United Kingdom, the U.S. has suffered over 127,000 more COVID deaths than those five countries combined, even though their populations are over 55 million people more than the United States. This seems like a failure of our healthcare systems. What are your thoughts about this? I think COVID-19 has definitely sharply demonstrated the shortcomings of America's incredibly complicated and unfair healthcare system. President Trump keeps trying to say that other countries are suffering just as much as we are. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, 
President Trump focused on New Zealand. He said, gee, you know, they have a big surge in New Zealand, lots of new cases. We definitely don't want that, is what President Trump said. And uh, guess what? The prime minister of New Zealand was ticked off about this. So she replied, on the day President Trump said that, New Zealand reported nine new cases, COVID, and the United States reported 84,433 on the same day. So U.S. cases and deaths more than 150 times what they have in New Zealand and larger than any other country. Now, why is this? Well, I think part of it is because we had such a, a botched government response. You know, President Trump said, for example, in March, he said, anyone who wants a test can get a test. It wasn't true then. And 10 months later, it's still not true. You can't get it. I, I live in Colorado. It's very hard. I can't get a test unless I develop symptoms or something. And we never really established a national regime, I think partly because President Trump doesn't want to admit when he's wrong. But the other problem is our response to COVID sharply reflects the way our healthcare system works. In American healthcare, some people get world-class care, great care, great doctors, world's finest hospitals. And a lot of people are just kind of left out with nothing. There are what, about 31 million Americans today have no health insurance at all. Another uh, 100 million or so have these outrageous high deductible policies where your first visit, you, you, they won't even pay you until you run up $6,000 in bills and so people don't go to the doctor. The people who don't get good health care in the United States are working people, people of color, blacks, Latinos. And sure enough, if you look at the COVID statistics, those are the people with the highest rate of death from COVID. They live in the same country, but because of the failings of our unfair system, they're not getting the care that we know how to provide. So I think uh, for those of us who want to see major changes in the U.S. healthcare system, COVID has been a good thing because it has demonstrated to the American people that our system really doesn't work. So, T.R., I have a question for you as a follow-up. And um, you use the examples of if you're on Medicare, you live in Canada. Uh, if you're in the VA or Indian Health Services, you're in England. Where, What country do you live in if you don't have health insurance? Armenia, Angola, Nigeria. Uh, the third, very poor third world countries, Sri Lanka, doesn't have millions of people without health insurance. And it's kind of shocking in the world's richest, strongest country that we have 30 million people who live in Afghanistan in, in terms of health care. They maybe can go to a, to a public clinic. Maybe they can go to a charity hospital if they live in a big city. Or maybe they just stay home when they're sick which is what happens because people just can't afford to go to the doctor in the world's richest country. Part two of our interview with T.R. Reed will be aired on Thursday, February 11th in our usual second Thursday of the month segment, Prescription for Healthcare, on the daily local news on WFHB Community Radio. This is Karen Greenstone. And Dr. Robstone. To your good health, everyone. <laughs>